Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Black Quintessence. I am your host, Daniel. Hopefully, you guys have had a great week. Mine has been pretty good. And let's go ahead and jump right into current events. First on the list is uh, Rachel Dolezal has now come out as saying that she is bisexual. Um, the reports say that she had, uh, posted a tweet on Saturday, June 15th, where she was saying, quote, I just wanted to take a moment to recognize Pride Month. I am in absolutely no rush to explore a new relationship, but it still matters to stay visible. My first kiss was with the girl when I was 18. I am bisexual. Just because I have been married briefly to a man or have had children by male partners does not mean I am not bi. Just because I'm bi doesn't mean I'm confused. Just because I'm bi doesn't mean I'm almost gay. Um, now granted, for I, you know, for bisexual people, that is a big thing that they always get the flack, especially women of when they haven't been with the um opposite sex are the same sex in a while they always classified as you know are you really bi and i know that's a, a very annoying thing for bisexual people to get so i get what she was saying there but but and there is a motherfucking but because it is rachel dolezal i don't want to discredit her coming out story it's just because it's her this is the same bra that came out as saying she is transracial claiming to basically be a black woman or wanting to live her life as a black woman because whatever the fuck the case was i don't really remember the full story i i I remember it was you know for the most part bits and pieces but i just for me personally i can't buy it like i said i don't want to discredit someone coming out because there are a lot of people who do come out way later on in life there's no time frame there's no age limit to when people can come out the closet some people come out in their teens some people come out elementary some people come out as grown adults some people come out as old people it doesn't have an age range but like i said because this is her i personally can't take it fully serious because i'm kind of like girl you literally wait until pride month to come out and get you some attention and claim your buys. I don't know. Like I said, for me, I'm not buying it. Girl, you always stay in the news and didn't want to play like Vic, not victim, but you want to play like, why is everyone attacking me? I don't understand. I just want to live my life. Girl, and that's fine if you want to live your life. But like I always say to me, I'm not buying it. I'm not taking it. You, you, you be out here wild and sis and we the black delegation already gave you back now we in the rainbow delegation i'm not claiming you i don't know if anybody else in uh lgbtq want to claim you my black ass is not gonna claim you like i said i'm giving you back to the straight white delegation you can go on somewhere sis i'm not buying it like i said mm -mm, mm -mm, no not at all um in other news pose has already been renewed for a third season after only the first episode of the second season aired. So that is great. I am so happy for them. Um, it was. It's reported that it said the first episode scored a high 1.2 million delayed views. And then it was eventually recorded 
and showed that it actually had risen to 1.8 million views. And this is, like I said, just the first episode of the second season. So that is great. Um, it was saying that uh, the chairman of FX, John Landgriff, was quoted saying, Pose has elevated our culture and the TV landscape like few shows before it. And we are honored to partner with co-creators Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Stephen Canals on a third season. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing their name right. Names right. Our thanks to the entire creative team, including Nina Jacobson, Brad Simpson, <clears throat> Alexis Martin Woodall, Sherry Marsh, Janet Mock, Our Lady J, Erica Kay, the amazing cast and crew, and everyone at Fox 21 Television Studios and FX Productions for this incredibly entertaining, enlightening, and groundbreaking series. So I'm just really happy to hear that, you know, Pose has been that's 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 a great feat that a that a predominantly that a gay, trans, predominantly people of color television series that has is on national television is doing this great and it is it's it's us as lgbtq's people history for you know especially of people of color excuse me our history in the ballroom scene like i said we started the ballroom scene a lot of people don't want to admit it or do not know the history behind it but the ballroom scene voguing all that was started by queer people of color in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. And then the only reason why it really became mainstream history lesson to all you guys out there that may not know this was because Madonna took it and made it mainstream and turned it into this white, predominantly white gay thing, but just white thing overall. And then, then of course, if I'm correct, then it just shot off in the magazine, all this other stuff. But basically, I don't know which came first. I'm going to be honest. I don't know my history that well. If Madonna did it first or if the magazine did it first. But I think Madonna did it first. But either way, go. it did not start with neither one of those two people. It started with the LGBTQ community, people of color to be specific. So I'm happy that the show is getting a representation. I'm so happy for everyone involved. Like I said, this is big especially for trans women you know mj rodriguez uh she's on there she's making a name for herself dominique jackson and the one in the the fantastic billy court porter they're all getting their shine i am so happy and all the other cast and crew as well i'm just extremely ecstatic for all of them they're all doing great things they, they have work it's it's great for everyone involved and which this segues into my next story because she's a part of the team that helped put Pose together, Janet Mock, who is making history as the first transgender woman to establish a major studio deal. So uh, Janet Mock is going to be, uh, it was reported that she's going to, she has secured a deal with the major content, with major content company Netflix. And it was saying that she has took to Twitter and said, quote, I'm excited to announce that I am partnering with Netflix to tell stories on a global platform. So proud to join the ranks of digital content moguls as the first trans woman to call her own creative shots at a major content company. That's great. I'm, I'm really happy and ecstatic for her. You know, like I said, trans women, it's too many things going on with trans women, especially with all these deaths on the rise. This is sad. This is crazy that so many trans women are being killed at an alarming rate and people are not acknowledging that we need to acknowledge this more. Tr our trans sisters are being killed 
and it's it's going it's going unnoticed and it's like being brushed under the rug as if this isn't a issue this isn't these aren't human lives being taken and they're being killed and they have families and friends and people that love and care about me care about them and people are acting as if okay another trans woman died on with the next and that should not how this should be treated no different from when our black males are being killed by these police officers these are all these are issues especially within the black community especially within the black gay community as far as concerning over trans women this shit is not okay and something needs to be done about that you know what i mean like we need to really bring awareness to those situations to that situation in particular with the trans women uh, but back on topic, it says that the deal is a three-year multi-million dollar commitment, which allows Netflix exclusive rights to her TV series. And I think I read, I'm trying to look it, look into it specifically, but um, where is it? It was saying that I think she's supposed to get, uh, okay, so it says that um, the projects will include a drama following a young transgender woman, a sitcom reboot, and a show about New Orleans following the abolishment of slavery. So I'm loving, I'm loving what I'm hearing. It's going to, <clears throat> I don't know what the sitcom reboot will be. Something may, something in my soul hopes and prays it's probably a black show reboot but you never know but uh and then i was even same thing with the transgender woman drama like i'm hoping it's going to center around a black transgender female and i'm pretty sure it will um but i'm loving everything i'm hearing i'm really happy to hear that you know lgbtq people are out here killing it and killing it in the public eye and killing it in the enter entertainment industry because you know it took it a while for us to get here to this point where we're being seen and heard on television. We're not just the background hair and makeup, which is nothing wrong with those titles either, but we're not just in the background being hair and makeup and being that, you know, the person talking to over the PA and things of that nature and talking in your ear. Like we're being seen. We're being pushed to the forefront. We're getting our own shows. We're being visible. And like I said, there's always going to be a hater. There's always going to be people that have problems with it. Too bad. Deal with it, baby. It, we're here. Like I said, it was no different from when people had issues with black people being on television, which wasn't the, wasn't really that big of an issue as it is with LGBTQ people. But either way it goes, you know what I mean? Like people act like we're just supposed to sit in the background and be quiet or just not show our faces. And I don't understand what makes you think that people who are living on this earth every day, living their lives, do not have other dreams besides sitting in their house and going to work and not being seen and heard. Like we're being seen and heard. And I'm happy. Like I said, congratulations, Janet Mock. I'm happy for you. Like I said, also happy for the people of Pose. I'm happy that you guys have picked up for a third season. Rachel Dozel Girl going somewhere. I don't got time for it. So my topic of discussion for this week will be about music and how it's the age old question about if music influences one to do something and I know that that's always been like this back and forth of you can't blame the music if you raise your child right they're gonna do you know they're gonna do right you can't say oh because my child listened to rap music they went out and decided to shoot somebody but then a lot of people can beg to differ that you know 
you didn't really have those thoughts in your mind until you listened to so-and-so's song and things of that nature. And, I mean, for the most part, it can apply to all media because they've done the same thing with video games and movies and television. Um, I'm going to stick to music with this one because I feel like music is so universal and everybody listens to music no matter what genre you listen to. So, I, um, I always have... Growing up, I always disagreed with it completely. Like, I don't believe music is making a human being do something that they wouldn't have done, you know, prior to listening to the song. But then again, as I got older, I have, I can say, you know, like, eh, I can see how someone could make that debate about, hey, you know, my, you know, especially when it comes to children or teenagers and things of that nature. And honestly, with a lot of you adults, too. A lot of adults, too, because a lot of times there's a lot of adults who probably wouldn't have done some things before being influenced by music. But um, I can see the point behind saying, like, oh, my child never was doing anything, never thought to smoke weed or drink alcohol, blah, 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 before they started listening to that damn rap music and, you know, things like that. And I can see how people can, like I said, come to that conclusion, to be totally honest with you, because, you know, especially with today's music and, like I said, maybe this is my age showing, like, you know, you have a lot of these songs doing shit, talking about, you know, dying young and doing drugs or doing hard drugs and like I said maybe I've never paid you know I've always listened to music all my life and but I've never been one to really pay attention to detail from when I was when I was younger I didn't listen to detail so I'm not a hundred percent sure how heavy of the drugs the music back then really really went into but I know a lot of music of today really talks about like heavier drugs and things of that nature and and it seems from the outside looking in or what they always report that it does seem a lot more teenagers and young adults are trying heavier drugs today than they used to. Because back in the day, you know, they used to give you, of course, they told you weed was bad, but they used to always give you like, you know, you listen to so-and-so and now these kids out here doing crack or doing ecstasy and all this other shit. And then it's kind of like, blame it on the rap music. And then, of course, on the opposite end, a lot of the rappers are like, you know, and people in the music industry are like, like, you know, you can't blame us if you didn't raise your child right. And then the parents would be like, well, I'm raising my child right. It wasn't until after they started listening to your music. And I mean, I can honestly understand, especially for teenagers, how listening to certain music could influence their actions. Like, do not get me wrong. I'm not blaming, you know, the music or the rapper or the singer or the person, you know, for making that child do that but I can't understand how you know you're being influenced by the music to start doing different things so I can't understand from you know using it you know using a parent as an example from a parent's perspective how you would want to say quote-unquote music corrupted my child but on the same note it does I can understand from the music industry like you know if you raise your child right and did what you had to do as a parent not saying that you're not doing good as a parent but teaching your children right from wrong then you know that influence shouldn't have been there but peer pressure is a bitch especially for teenagers and you see your friends are listening to this music and they're all they look cool and things like that and all that's you know very stereotypical teenager shit so i'm always on the fence with it and i remember um long 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 time ago i had seen a little um they did a special, I think it was on BET, and they had like a bunch of rappers and they had a bunch of politicians together discussing um, 
you know, is music influential and is it a good influence, is it a bad influence and things of that nature. And like I said, um, I always feel like, because then it goes to like what a lot of the rappers were saying where you're, one, your child shouldn't be listening to you know, our music anyways, because most rap music has parental advisory on it anyway. So your child shouldn't be listening to it anyways, or you shouldn't be allowing your child to listen to it. But I mean, on the real note, mo you're going to hear it somewhere, whether it's the radio, even if it's um, censored, are you going to hear your friends because their parents let them listen to it and things of that nature. So it's like, it's always hard with that discussion of like, who's to blame or is there even really a blame here? And if we decide to not blame anybody, then it goes to like, well, what do you do about it? How do you go about, you know, is it really just, you know, about raising your child? Because some, a parent can raise their child the best they can. And at the end of the day, their child can be influenced by something. Like I said earlier, some people are influenced by video games. That's why you had a lot of that whole issue with the, you know, Grand Theft Auto. I want to say specifically it was San Andreas that came out. And then, like, they were saying a lot of these kids were started fucking robbing, you know, robbing people or, you know, carjacking people and things of that nature, simulating the game. And same thing with the Mortal Kombat thing. When Mortal Kombat came out, a lot of people started, you know, things like that. Fun fact about that, because of the first Mortal Kombat game, that is why games got the ESRB ratings. Games didn't have ratings of, you know, E for everyone, T for teen, M for mature. Mortal Kombat started that. So that's just a little fun fact to throw in there. But um, like I was saying, it's just like little things like that. Like, can you really blame media for influence on people? Because like I said, I'm always on the fence because I can see how it does. Because there's so many, especially with so many cases of people after seeing media, certain media outlets and imitating it. I know I read somewhere as well, like if we jump into film and television, like after the screen movies that came out, um, it was reported that people literally started going out and killing people in the ghost face costumes and masks. So I can understand, like I said, see how that could be like, well, no one wouldn't have, you know, they would, let's say this. It's not to say that that idea wasn't in their mind already. So you can't blame them there for that. But because they decided to go ahead and grab the ghost face mask, of course, the, the blame is going to go on the screen movies because you got that extra quote-unquote push to do it after seeing the movie. But I don't believe that, I guess I don't believe, it's hard where my, um, not beliefs, that's really a strong word, it's hard really to be on one side of it, to be honest with you, because I don't want to sound wishy-washy, because I'm trying to understand from both points. But it's I don't want to be like, because basically by trying to blame every source of media every time something goes wrong, it's basically censoring media, especially if this media is intended for adults. That's why you have, or that's why we have ratings. We have rated R. We have rated MA. We have, like I said, PG as far as games, E, T, you know, any parental advisory. These things are there in place for a reason. So that way, especially I'm pretty sure some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, these outlets can be like, hey, now I know your child went out and did it. But we did say that this was not meant for your child or meant for children or a, it was meant for a specific audience. So we put that out there to be known that you can't blame us for this per se. And I, and I get that because it's like I said, you can't make everything for everybody's 
Like you can't sit here and like I said, especially with horror movies, or every rapper is not gonna sit here and make a damn song for a child. Like and and then the reality of it is that's not who their target audience necessarily is. And that's not their responsibility to be worrying about if children are listening to it. So it's it's a tricky one up there. Um I've had the discussion with friends and family alike and like I said, I'm, I'm, I never say I never blame the music industry, especially as I've gotten older, because you understand, um, like I said, they're not making it for kids. For me, when I was younger, I never, I honestly never really, I used to think that they were to blame when I was younger, when I used to have the discussion with people, but it's kind of like you can't really blame them. But um, yeah, but you guys let me know what you guys think about it. How do you guys feel about, you know, music and other media influencing children quote-unquote negatively and things of that nature are people in general because like i said early like adults get involved in it too um actually now that before i actually let you guys go with that too because there's a lot of adults out here doing wild shit and they're not necessarily blaming the music how they would to t- do with teenagers but we know where some of the influence is getting like you know, you got people listening, you know, back in the day, especially in the 90s, it was heavy when you had white people listening to rock music and you would be like, oh, those fucking white kids out there trashing the apartment, cussing out their mom, listening to rock, rock music and all this other shit spiking up their hair. And then for black kids, it was always, you know, listen to that goddamn gangster rap. And now they want to be fucking thugs and shooting shit up. I hate the word thugs, but, you know, things like that. And for us, it was always, and when I say kids, I'm usually uh, in the sense where, like I said, I'm talking about adults now, you know, older, older people referring to people in their early 20s as kids, but, you know, doing those things. And it's kind of like, is it, can like I said, as an adult, by that time, you have enough brain power to know what's right and wrong, even, even though young adults still learn and still mess up. And every human being, no matter what age, is still learning and still going to mess up. But when you're in your early 20s, your mindset is completely different from someone in their 30s. But it's like you you hear when you see these people listen to these music. They they be really feeling like you'll see a motherfucker walking down the street and you can tell they're listening to rap music. Nowadays, it doesn't matter what race they are. But you could tell that they're listening to rap music, imitating gunshots and shit and things of that nature. Niggas walking around thinking they the next rapper, things like that. And it's like, okay, I can see that. Now, that could just be, you know, you feeling the music and dancing. But... Somebody else can be like, oh, you know, they're imitating what they believe to be how you should act with the music. And then that could translate into their everyday lives. Like I said, how you treat how men treat women, how men react to, you know, volatile situations, things of that nature. So it's kind of like, you know, as like I said, with young adults, it's can you really now what they have reacted that way or moved in that manner if it weren't for the music they were listening to now there are other factors you could probably decipher how they were raised their environment they grew up around you know things like that but it's like when they get into that mode of music that that the reaction they give like you're not like and they might but i'm not seeing someone listen to blink 182 but mimic movement of fucking Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? Things like that. So it's like, and then possibly vice versa. I mean, like I said, it's a possibility you will get that. But for the most part, there's certain mannerisms that we as people kind of put with the music that we listen to. You know what I mean? Same thing you think of pop music, Britney Spears. 
you're going to think of very one, two, three dance movements when you think of listening to that music. And that also is an influence in itself. So it's kind of like, I can, like I said before, I can see how people can say music is a big influence. And then when it impacts, you know, people negatively, it's like, can you blame it? But like I said before, I'm, it's that's where that all the rules come into play with um you know like i said parental advisories and things of that nature and then self-responsibility so it goes back to the the person themselves like you know that this is all music like especially when you start getting older and starting hearing and hearing about the ins and outs and the the backgrounds of the music industry and especially from older artists or artists who get out of the music industry and tell you like this they tell us to do this they tell us what to do how to act things in that nature and then it goes well if you're being informed this as a consumer that you know that they're purposely dressing these people up almost minstrel like to imitate a certain thing why would you still turn around and mimic it because of the music you know like why would you turn around and be like i want to be a rapper mommy because ice cube and it's like you do know ice cube not not saying ice cubes literally said this i'm just using this as an off-the-wall example. Now, I you now you like I said, you've heard that Ice Cube has come out and said that, you know, the music industry wanted me to portray this gangster rapper because they know it's sold. And you and now that you've heard this and you're aware of this, wouldn't wouldn't it it would wouldn't one think that it would click to be like, well, this really isn't real. I still enjoy listening to it. It's not gonna stop me from listening to it. But why would I still turn around and be like, fuck a nigga, blow a nigga head off and try to actually live by those lyrics when you know that it's fucking fake? That's my thing. It's it's just it's weird. But you guys let me know what you guys think about it. Do you guys think music and media is to blame, not to blame? Do you think that? It's self-responsibility and where does the line necessarily get drawn between media and self-responsibility? Um, but thanks again, you guys, for listening to me. Once again, hit me up at all my social media outlets on Instagram, Facebook, all under the same name, Black Quintessence. If you have any questions, concerns, or you want me to discuss anything that you want to hear me talk about, email me at blackquintessence at yahoo.com. You guys have a great week.